Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I've got a quick quiz for you. Do you think you know what's best for others and maybe do stuff for them even when they don't ask? Do you put in more time and effort thinking about your partner's issues? than they do. Do you feel like others don't appreciate what you do and end up getting resentful? And last, do you have trouble relaxing if someone you love is unhappy? If you're answering yes to any of these, you are likely a rescuer and it's keeping you stuck, disconnected, and dissatisfied in your relationships. And as always, I'm here to help. Today, you'll learn my four simple steps to stop rescuing so you can start truly connecting and supporting the people in your life. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. How's it going? It's me. It's Abby. You should know who it is by now because we've been here a while. So I'm not going to lie. I just ate an eel avocado roll, which was so delicious. There's a sushi place uh, right next to my office uh, where I, that I frequent quite often. It was just so good, and but I am a little full in my belly. So uh, I'm going to bring the energy, though. I'm going to, you know, rally and <laughs> not nap and make sure that I bring you great stuff today. So hopefully you get some sushi soon if you like it. 
It's really good. I eat sushi a lot. There you have it. Okay. But you didn't come here to hear about sushi. Excuse me. You came here for other things. But first, I want to give a quick announcement that uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram at Abby Metcalf Thriving, I don't know why not. My Instagram is really fun and cool. Uh, make sure you go follow me there. I, you know, I do a lot of uh, little videos, reels and stories and posts and all kinds of IGT videos. I do all kinds of stuff that uh, is in obviously a much shorter format than here on the podcast. So you can really get little quick tips, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 15 seconds. So uh, highly recommend it to keep you uh, motivated and on track all day long. And then I also have started uh, a room on Clubhouse. And if you don't know about Clubhouse, it's a social media app that's audio only. Come on, so cool, audio only. So you can sit there in your bunny slippers. And what I've said before, Clubhouse is like if a talk show, a podcast, and a really great seminar all had a baby, that's Clubhouse. And I'm hosting a, a room there on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific time here in California, uh, every Tuesday, 12 o'clock Pacific, and it's about how to be happy and effective at work. So I'm uh, hosting it with my colleague and awesome friend, Tess Brigham. She's a, gosh, she's been written up. She actually has a column in Forbes magazine. She is a millennial strategist, is really Uh, she's a regular contributor to MSNBC. I mean, she's really amazing and uh, has a lot of different experience than I do. So the two of us together, it's really cool. But both of us are therapists and coaches, you know, with business background. So really the people to bring you this and you get to ask questions and you can come talk and raise your hand and be part of the conversation really actively. Uh, and I would love to have you there because I would love to hear from you and, and meet you in a different way. It'll be really cool. So, uh, and if you haven't been invited, you can always just go on the app yourself, Clubhouse app, just download it. And you can um, ask to be invited or you can DM me on Instagram, and I have a bunch of invitations, and I'd be happy to get you one. So, uh, and DM me before I run out, though, because I don't have endless. Um, Okay, so there you go. Come see me there. I'm just looking to make your life better everywhere for free. You can't beat free. Come on. All right. So I'd say, let's get to it. Here we go. Um, And I would say that one of the top three things we want from others and the people we love really. And I would, yeah, maybe it's the top thing. I don't know. But with my clients and myself and everybody I interact with, I would say it's in the top three always. What we really want for the people we love is to know they have our back, no matter what, unconditionally. And I hear this over and over, you know, work with clients everywhere. It could be your partner, your sibling, your friend, your parent. I'll be talking a bit about um, partners today, but this, everything I'm teaching you can use it anywhere. Any relationship where this rescuing is going on, which again, I'm going to explain a little more about in a minute. <clears throat> and you might have not realized from the intro that some of the things you're doing are rescuing. You might not have thought of them that way, but they are codependent at the very least. Rescuing is a codependent behavior. And, uh, but it, when you think about it, it feels really good when we know that someone has our back that we care about. It's where 
vulnerability, trust, emotional closeness. It's where all those things live. It, and it's when we feel safe and supported. It's when we really feel like someone has our back. So that means, yeah, being supportive. Now, on the other side is this rescuing, not being supportive, and codependency. And these don't feel good because they're driven by fear. It Really, it's fear of abandonment, you know, rejection, people don't like you. It's from feelings of low self-worth. And those emotions, of course, create, well, they create more fear, but they, they create distance. They create anxiety. They create detachment. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. So, of course, how do you know if you're being supportive, right? Supportive, having someone's back, which is healthy, or codependent and rescuing, which is unhealthy. And I will tell you that sometimes the people who are asking you to have their back, they're unhealthy. And what they're really asking you to do is something codependent, and I don't want you to do it. So I'm going to really break it down today so you can understand this. I have a really great real-life example that's going to help you walk you through my four steps. Um, because you you got to see this one in action to really understand it. And I think it's why it gets missed so much. So, okay, yeah. So let me just get to it. All right. So <laughs> I was trying to think if I was going to give you something else right there, but I'm not. Let's let's get to it. Let's not, uh, you know, use too much time. So, okay. So I worked with a couple, it was a couple years ago, but they really illustrate this so well. Oh, it wasn't a couple years ago, but a year and a half ago. It was right before the pandemic. So late, to, you know, I was working with them in like late 2019. <clears throat> and we're going to call them Jack and Diane today. Uh, if you don't get that reference, you're too young to be listening and it's probably past your bedtime. Okay. So, and they're a couple in there, they were in their late forties and they had two um, kids. One was nine and the other one was 11 and uh, two boys, something like that. And they've been together quite a while since their early twenties. And uh, they, Diane, I think her, so her biggest complaint was that Jack didn't have her back. She didn't feel like he had her back, especially when it came to, quote unquote, his side of the family. And um, really what that meant was his mom, <laughs> but also some other people in the family. But I'm going to focus on this one incident when they um, sort of first came to me. So it was like Christmas, got figured 2019, again, right before the pandemic, and they'd planned this extended family vacation with Jack's parents. They were all, they all met in like Tahoe or somewhere. And Jack's mom is super opinionated, very strong personality, is always saying what she thinks, always giving unsolicited advice. And Diane was no wallflower. She was a strong, opinionated woman also. So you could imagine yeah. So I guess over all these years, um, the mother, Jack's mom and Diane would get into these fights, you know, just long drawn out battles. And again, Diane didn't feel like Jack had her back with that. He, she felt really abandoned by him. <clears throat> and she would actually say that all the time. So, okay. So it's, it's like Christmas Eve or Christmas day, let's say Christmas Eve dinner. And Jack's mom was on some rant about how Jack and Diane were raising their, these boys, their, their two sons. And she and Diane ended up having this big argument at the dinner table. They were really going back and forth. And, um, and so when they came to see me, they were recounting this because Diane was still upset. And now it's, it's like past the New Year's. So they, they had like a two-week fight going on. And 
Jack said his side of the story was that he had tried to intervene into this argument and that he, you know, he's like, I did have your back. I was trying to intervene, but he, it didn't work. And apparently the first time he intervened, he said something like, hey, let's all relax. Let's have a nice dinner. You know, he's trying to like placate everybody. And that didn't work. And then a little bit later, a few minutes later, when they were still arguing, he said, okay, you know, let's change the subject. This isn't going well. Let's not do this. And, uh, but not, they, they just kept fighting. They pretty much ignored him and went right back to it. And he got, as you might imagine, he ended up getting really frustrated and angry because it was really ruining his dinner. And he got up and left the table. He just got up. He just left. And he was gone for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. So he finally comes back and they're still arguing. <laughs> they're the Diane and Jack's mom are still having an argument. And Jack like lost his shit. He became really upset, really enraged. And he went after his mom. He was just so mad. And he ended up raising his voice and telling his mom, you know, you're upsetting everyone. You're crazy. You need to stop harassing Diane, you know, he really like, you know. Now, what happened though is that, and one of the things Diane was complaining about is that then that just made the mom not angry at Jack, but angry at Diane. <laughs> and they already were contentious. So now the mom is really pissed. She, she, and she's taking it out even more on Diane. So, and they're there for like another five or six days. They ended up leaving, I think, a day early, and that caused all this problem. But because of this fight, so Jack, so they come to me, right? And Jack's at a loss. He is out of this this man is just feeling like he did everything very right. He was amazing and this is not his fault. And what is wrong with people? And of course I have your back. I was I was great. I yelled at my mother. What are you talking about? And he and he said, he was saying, I tried to intervene nicely. It didn't work. I, you know, then I left. That didn't work. Then I finally made my mother, you know, shut up. But so how is Diane angry? He didn't think she had any right to be angry at him. And and how dare she say I didn't have her back when I did all that? So I bet this sounds familiar. <laughs> I bet you're listening going, hey, I got something just like that. And but so I had to give Jack some facts. I had to, you know me, I talk, I speak very directly. Um, and uh, I said, you know, you're, you were codependent. You were avoidant. And then you tried to rescue. None of that is supportive in having your back. All of that is fear-based. So, so I'm going to break this down for you. I mean granular. So you really get this. Because you likely, some of you, are, you're sitting there right now going, I think he, what, you, what else was he supposed to do? What, what are you talking about, Abby? All right, get ready for some truth bombs. Here they come. So, and I want you to be able to figure this out on your own in the future, which is why I'm going to break it down this way so you can truly understand what's going on. So in these situations overall, so just in these situations overall, when there's something like this going on, you've got to come from a love-based emotion. So that means, you know, compassion, kindness, patience, vulnerability, openness, willingness, all that good stuff. You got to come from one of those. Jack was not coming from any of those. He was coming from fear-based emotions avoidance, being dismissive, patronizing, minimizing, deflecting, uh, angry attacking, defensiveness, anxiousness. That's what he was coming from. And that is why it wasn't supportive because his actions were being driven by those thoughts and feelings. And you don't, what do I say all the time? 
You can't have a healthy love type interaction based on fear. Fear never improved any relationship and it doesn't improve it here. So let so let, again, I'm going to get granular with you. I'm I'm here with you. I have I I see you. I love you. I am here. I'm going to break this down. So let's let's look at what happened. The so the arguing and and Jack admitted this once we started talking. I cuz I asked him, I said, "How are you feeling, Jack, as you were sitting there?" And he's like, "I don't know. I was fine. You know, I just was upset." And I said, "No, no, no. Get really get to your your wife and your mom are arguing again. Put yourself there right now. How are you feeling right now?" And he said, "Really anxious. It upsets me. It makes me really anxious. I'm and I'm super uncomfortable." I said, "There you go." So he was having that's a those are fear-based emotions. But he didn't speak to those. He didn't even mention those. He never talked about how it was affecting him. He didn't do any of that. Instead, because he's this guy, Jack is a major conflict avoider. And he, he knew that about himself. And again, with that mom, I guess you can understand why. I don't know if there was any room in his house growing up, you know, to really make a stand and to say anything. And probably you just wanted to get out of that woman's way all the time. So I get it. It just, it doesn't work now, right? In our adult relationships now. So, you know, that the comments he made, let's all relax and have a nice dinner. Let's change the subject. We're not getting anywhere. This is dismissive. It's minimizing what's happening. It's patronizing. Uh, it, it's not cool, right? It's, it's, not, it's not cool. So what was happening is Again, he wasn't honest about what he was feeling. So, of course, nothing changed. You, you've got to, remember, what do I say all the time? You've got to connect to correct. So if you're, and the way you connect is through your emotions, is by sharing of yourself, by being vulnerable, by sharing what you're feeling. That is how people feel connected to you. Otherwise, they see something going on, they don't know what it is, and they know you're kind of lying or not representing yourself well. And it it smacks of ugh, it it smacks of something bad of fear, and people react to that fear. It doesn't matter what your little words are, but even these words weren't so great. So <clears throat> he was coming up with so he's not connected because he, he's not be, in being vulnerable, and he's trying to correct what they're doing. He's like, okay, ladies, that's enough. It's a little bit of mansplaining there, right? It's a little like you know, again, dismissive. It, it's patronizing. I think it's patronizing and. But he didn't see it that way at all. And, uh, and you know, it's interesting. Diane didn't see it that way. When I, when I started talking to her about it, she, the look on her face was such relief when I said, well, it was dismissive, right? It was kind of patronizing. And she said, oh my gosh, yes, yes. Like she didn't have words for it. But once I put words to it, she, w- she totally got it. So she didn't even know why she was so upset. She just knew she was, and she knew he didn't have her back, but she was having a very hard time artic- articulating it, telling him why. And you, again, might be in the situation where, you know, you're asking your partner or your friend or your sister or your mom or whoever, you're saying, hey, how can I have your back? And they, they, they're telling you something you think you're already doing. You're like, well, just be supportive. And you're like, I thought I was supportive. <laughs> so this is how I'm sort of breaking it down that kind of both sides often don't even know what they're feeling or why they're feeling it. So, but so again, since Jack wasn't giving the, the, you know, the vulnerability, the real feelings, they weren't okay with being corrected, neither Diane or Jack's mom. 
Uh, and again, he wasn't honest. He wasn't vulnerable. So when, did I say that? <laughs> did I lose the ability to speak? He wasn't vulnerable. So when things weren't going like he wanted, right, he, he felt very helpless. So there's more fear. And that's when he left the table. So he just got up and left. He did abandon them. Abandonment is all about fear. Conflict avoidance is abandonment. It's all about fear. And uh, if you didn't listen yet to my um, podcast on loving detachment, I want you to go back and listen to that. I do a whole thing on the boundaries here. Um, because what happens a lot is people are trying to be kind of overly close or overly solicitous. And then when people don't act the way they want, they go to abandonment. They're like, well, I'm not talking to you then. I'm leaving, you know, and, and that's exactly what happened here. <clears throat> My, <clears throat> excuse me, Jack just left. He couldn't handle it anymore. He wasn't being honest and he left. So again, that was abandonment. That's fear-based. That is not helping. Then he comes back and he yells at his mom. I don't think it takes a genius to know that's fear-based to attack, to criticize, to get on her like that, to be mean. He was being mean to her. Uh, telling her, you know, everybody hates you. You drive everyone crazy. You, you know, you drive away all the people who love you. You know, he was doing this whole thing. And again, and he was rescuing Diane instead of supporting her. People need to stand up for themselves, but they need to know that you're there for them and have their back when they stand up for themselves. And he really, by doing this, he was putting Diane in a bad light. He was, what is he, the knight in shining armor? What, she can't stop the fight? Oh, you you girls can't stop this fight, so I'll have to do it for you. Or, you know, again, wherever this might show up, in with your siblings, with parents, wherever. And the mom resented it, and so did Diane. Resented the jumping in and trying to control the situation and uh, make it all go away. And Diane is not a damsel in distress. She can speak up for herself. Now, I'll tell you that sometimes this is where things get screwy because Diane, she didn't in this instance, but I've had other clients where this happened, where the Diane in the situation did want the the her husband to jump in and yell at the mom and say stuff and defend her and and that is rescuing. So that is not healthy. So just because the other person wants it doesn't mean you should do it. So again, I'm going to break it down even more. I'm going really granular today with my, my four steps. I want to talk about what to do instead. Really, if you follow this little formula, it's really simple. You will stop rescuing, being codependent, fear, being in fear, basically. And you can start really connecting, really putting yourself out there, taking risks, connecting with the people you love and really truly supporting them. So here's what I want you to do in these situations is number one is four, four quick steps. Step one is you have to notice yourself in the moment and be in the here and now. <sighs> How much do you want me to talk about this? I don't know what to say. It is the secret sauce of regulating your emotions, of being aware in the moment so you remember to use the tools I teach you, of all the things. So if Jack could have been at that table noticing like, oh my God, they're fighting. Oh, this is horrible. I hate this. Oh, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I just want to run away. I can't stand this. I'm so frustrated. Wow, I'm really frustrated and anxious. Okay. I'm and actually, you don't want to say I am. You want to say I'm feeling. 
so that you separate it from yourself a little bit. So, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I am safe. Nothing's going to happen to me here, you know, right? So I can just, I just need to sit here for a moment and think. I just need to get my wits about me and I need to lean in, right? That's it. So step one is noticing yourself in the moment. And I already said step two. Step two is identifying what you're actually feeling. You have to do this. You have to get better at this. I have so many podcasts on this kind of thing. Um, you really want to be able to, and, and not I'm mad. If, if anger is a top emotion, so if that's the first thing you're noticing, that's fine. That, it's an emotion. But I want you to go below it. What else? What else are you feeling? If anger is the only thing, if good is your response to something, if fine is your response to something, then you, those good and fine are not feelings, by the way. You have to go deeper. What else? What else am I feeling? And you're, it's, this is a skill. Identifying your feelings is a skill. I want to be so clear about this. So that means you're not going to be good at it right away. You're going to suck as a matter of fact. But over time, you will get better at it if you practice it. So you just have to be patient with yourself. That's, that's what it takes right now. So you want, and actually what I'll do on the website, I, I have, there's a, um, a list from the Hoffman Institute that I love, a feelings list. And I will link to that on the show notes page on the website. How's that? See how much I love you? Look at that. Look at the love. And this is such a great, I give it to all my clients. It's, I've, I've never seen a better, more comprehensive list of feelings. And what you can do with that is print it out, put it somewhere and, or, you know, have it available on your phone. And so that you can look and go, oh, I'm feeling, well, I'm actually feeling uh, uh, uncomfortable. I'm actually feeling shy. I'm actually feeling um, frustrated resentful, you know, go deeper. (laughs) I'm really sad. Wow. I'm really sad. Oh, I feel so rejected. I feel so abandoned. Go deeper. You have to get to what's real and pass what's on top because that's the only way you're going to be vulnerable. If you're just reacting from your anger, that's not going to get you very far. You got to go, you got to, again, be vulnerable. It's not vulnerable to react in anger. That's not being vulnerable. That if anything, it just pushes people away. So notice you're in the moment, be in the moment, stop yourself. Two is to identify what you're feeling. And three, you guessed it, is to share it. (laughs) Share your feeling. Be vulnerable. Do it. So in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
it might be um yeah oh it might might jack might have said you know i'm feeling so sad and disconnected watching the two of you argue like this uh it's really making me anxious and <clears throat> excuse me sad and upset i feel sad anxious and upset when the two of you uh keep arguing and ignore everyone else at the table <clears throat> and i need you to I need you to stop. I need you to take a breath and rethink what you're doing. This is where the amazing I feel statement comes in. And I will link to that on, again, the show notes page on the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Uh, this is episode 141, but you'll see it right on the podcast page. And uh, <clears throat> you, you can download the I feel formula, which I'm about to give you right now, which is I feel when you and I need. It's it's perfect right here. So, uh, you know, like I just said, I feel sad, angry, upset, um, helpless, hopeless when the two of you fight at like this at these dinners. And I need you to stop and and think of the people around you. Something like that, right? I feel when you and I need. I don't, I've shared this before. I don't always know what I need. Um, sometimes I'm so upset, I don't know. And all I can do is I feel when you, and that's fine. You can stick there. Uh, there's a few other rules for the I feel statement. So definitely download that. I don't want to go over everything now, but download the exercise. It's all there. Um, <clears throat> so come get that. But, you know, anything like that. Uh, he, Jack could have looked to his wife. Just stopped, just stopped, grabbed her hands turned her towards him and said, are you okay? I, I feel overwhelmed with this argument. Yeah, how are you doing? Or do you need anything from me? What, what, what can we do? The, I, this can't feel good. What, what do you need from me? Um, that is having someone's back. He could have said something to his mom. I'm feeling sad about what's happening. How can we do these different dinners differently? Um, he could have said, I, you know, mom, I want to connect. I want to feel close to you. And I just don't right now. Please, I need your help. I, I need you to help me, you know, connect with you right now. And the arguing is not getting me there. You know, you can do this in a way that isn't criticizing, that isn't suggesting, that isn't giving advice, that isn't doing any of the things I tell you not to do. That is just simply, I feel when you, okay? And then step four, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is the important part, or the... It's all important parts. Never mind. This is the next important part. This is where you have to be in love, in love solidarity, not fear solidarity. So let's let's kind of break that up a little bit. So if you jump in to save the other person, that's fear solidarity. So yeah, you're like, you know, your partner might have even asked for that, right? Yeah, I want you to defend me when your when your mom is yelling at me. That is fear solidarity is not going to help. It's because it's not improving the relationship between your mom and your wife, in this instance, between Diane and Jack's mom. Their relationship is not going to improve with Jack jumping in. That means he's going to have to be in the middle for the rest of their lives together till the mother dies. That's not a good place to be. It's also, it's just going to create tension all the time around all these interactions. It's going to create, you know, this is, you have two kids. This is their grandmother. They're watching how you treat her. They're, trust me, they're watching what's going on to figure out how to treat you. So you really want to find the love and compassion here. You really want to think differently about all this. So 
again, you want to let your person, whoever that is, stand up for themselves. And that's the love solidarity. Um, Because really what it means, here it is, your partner just wants you to see that something's tough for them and they want to know that you see it, you understand it. What you're doing is validating it. You don't have to do anything. Don't fix it. Don't suggest anything. Don't do a thing. Just be there. Connect with your partner in this moment. Show them you're there and will support what they, f- you know, what they feel needs to ha- happen next. It's, it's really they should be directing it. <clears throat> and by doing this, again, you're validating their feelings and that's really key. They're gonna, that's how people feel you have their back, not by what you do, not by jumping in and, you know, I did this thing for you. I'm, I'm your knight in shining armor or your queen in shining armor. It's not from that. It's from them actually feeling like you understand what they're feeling, that you are there with them. You're validating it. And let me just say, I know what your caveat's going to be. What if you don't agree? Well, what if Diane was being horrible to the mom and you don't agree? You think she was being ridiculous. Too bad. <laughs> in front of the mom, it's solidarity. In It's the two of you. Because that's who you have to sleep with every night. Not your mother. That would be icky. Just with your wife. So, but having said that, you are validating not that she's right in this instance, but that you agree that she has the right to feel how she feels. Just like you have the right to feel how you feel and you would like people to acknowledge that even if they don't agree with it, you want to do it this way too. So in those moments, it's, uh, that's the love solidarity. Ugh, it real. It's I know it's really painful when you and my mom get into it like that. I can't imagine what that's like for you. You know, you're not in your home turf. You have someone attacking your parenting. I, it can't feel good. I'm so sorry. It's so hard to watch. I hate seeing you in pain. That is solidarity. It doesn't mean yeah. Maybe Diane was egging mom on. Maybe I don't know. But do you see where I'm going here? You you. You bond with that person and then, remember, you connect to correct. If later, when you're alone, not in front of the mother, not even maybe that night, if a few days later you want to come back to the conversation and you and remember how to do that, <laughs> hey, hun, do you, you know, do you have a few minutes? I was thinking about what happened the other night with my mom and I really wanted us to um, talk about it a little more. And you want to ask permission. Do you have a few minutes? Do you? Is this a good time to talk? Do you want to talk about this again? Your partner might say, "Uh uh-uh, I I do not want to go there. I can't even think about that person right now. And then you need to respect that. And you're going to need to hold that and try it again in a month, you know, try it again in a couple of weeks, see what's what. But when you come at it that way, and then maybe you start to ask questions like, hey, how are you, how are you feeling since that happened with my mom? Um, You you can ask, do you want to hear what I thought I saw, you know, I just, I don't know if that's as helpful. I think you really want to help the, because then you're going to end up, the, your wife's, this other person's going to end up feeling criticized by you because you're going to say, well, I saw you being really defensive and really whatever, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to do that, but you can, you can ask, you know, do you want to hear my thoughts about it? I, I have some, I don't know if you're going to like them, but I'd like to share them and we could talk it out. Um, you could then, you could also ask questions to get there. This takes a minute longer, but it's worth it because you can't give anyone an aha. If you, if your partner was defensive, you want them to realize they were defensive. You know, Hey, so how were you feeling in that, what did, in that conversation? What did that conversation remind you of? 
How did you feel going into the house? Did we not prep well before the trip, before going in there? You know, because you guys get into it a lot. You were probably anxious already. Is that right? You know what I mean? You can really talk about it and come to a different conclusion. Instead of telling your partner they were defensive and they shouldn't be that way and they got to think about it, think of that difference. It's like, you know, maybe your partner would say, yeah, I was feeling really anxious before we went in there. And, and you can say, oh, well, let, let's not let that happen again. What can we do before the next dinner with her that's going to help you feel just calm and like, you know, you know, I have your back and we are together and, and you're just, we're not going to get pulled into her stuff. What's going to help? Do you see that? You're just solving it for the next time. You can't undo and fix what happened anyway, but what you could do is come up with new solutions for the next time this thing happens. And now your partner or wife, whoever this was, is part of the solution. So they're buying in. So they'll probably do it as opposed to feeling scolded like they're a little girl or something who did it wrong and they should do this or they should do that or why don't you try this? It does not have the same impact. And in this way, you're on the same team. You're doing it together. You're, you're saying your problem is my problem. And that is how it is with partners. And that I hope it's how you feel with your siblings, with your mom, you know, whoever your person is that you're doing this stuff with, a friend. You want to feel like you're a team. You've got each other's back. That's what's so important. So again, you want to connect from the love place, not from the fear place, even if your partner asks for it. If your partner, let's say, I'm going to go there before we end. I'm going to say, let's say your partner, <clears throat> want, let's say Diane said to Jack, I want you to never speak to your mother again. She's horrible. I'm never going there again. Da, da, da. Um, that's obviously very fear-based, not love-based, right? Because anything cutoffs like that that are so draconian and so whatever, it, it really comes from, that's a fear thing. I'm not saying that you might not decide eventually to not be with the mother because she's too toxic or something. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when it's in anger like this, when it's in retaliation, when it's in defensiveness, that is not the time to make this kind of decision. If the two of you have problem solved and you've tried different things and you know, you're really talking about it and you're connecting on it and then you decide, God bless, that's great because that's a love decision. You're making a healthy boundary. When you do that cutoffs like that out of fear and anger and overwhelm, that's building a wall, not a boundary. And those are very different things. I have a whole podcast on the difference between boundaries and walls. And I have, I actually have a YouTube video on it too. So I'll link to those in the show notes if you want to learn more about that. But I'm hoping you see the difference just from how I'm talking about it. So really in that instance, I would want Jack to work with Diane to feel so that she felt more supported by him when interactions were going to happen. They prepared better together. They, um, he had her back. He didn't fix it for her. He didn't give suggestions. He allowed her to, you know, he asked questions. Well, what do you think would work? Well, what have you tried that hasn't worked? Okay, well, let's not do that. Well, what else do you think could work? You know, you, you, you tell me more about when you did try that other thing that didn't work. Give me some more information. Maybe there's something there for us. Do you see? There's lots of questions to ask here to help Diane come to her own good conclusion. And this is how... If you're making threats or pleas to your mom or whoever it is to, you know, treat Diane well, that is not, again, improving the relationship between mom and Diane. It's not. It's just, it's like you're sticking a Band-Aid on it. It is not going to get there. They have to work that out themselves. And again, if your partner is telling you they don't feel, they don't feel like you have their back, 
it's because somehow you're not emotionally supporting them. They don't feel like you understand how bad this is for them, how much hurt they're in, and like you want to be part of the solution with them. That's what they're fe- they're telling you. So I just want to wrap up by saying this. Don't fix things. <laughs> That's rescuing. Don't fix it. Remember not to sack your relationship. No offering suggestions, giving advice or criticizing. Ask questions to help people find their way. I want you to be their cheerleader, their support. I know we can work this out. I have faith in you. I have watched you work through many. And that is actually what Jack ended up saying to Diane in the session, which was really lovely. Well, well, it wasn't that session. It was, I think, the next session. But he said, you know, I've watched you go uh, work through a lot of hard relationships. She was a um, a lawyer for a large conglomerate, a corporate lawyer. And, you know, she was getting on all sides. She had to really work with difficult personalities and, you know, find ways through and all that good stuff for years. And he, he, and he meant it. He's like, you've been amazing. And so I know if, you know, you have the right support here, you'll be able to do it here. And I'm, you know, I'm, I am devoted to supporting you figuring this out. I really am. I've got your back. We're going to do this together. And I have to tell you, that's all she needed. That's all she needed. Uh, it's that emotional support, it's, again, not physical, you know, so you're not going to talk to your mom for your partner, but you won't, you know, you're not going to intervene, you're not going to try to rescue, uh, but you're not going to avoid the issue. You're going to go towards it. That's love, not avoidance, right? You're fully there to emotionally support the other person. That's what you're doing. And that really, that's what you're doing everywhere in life as best you can. All right, that's it for today. Woo! Oh, the rescuing. Hopefully you really, um, I was actually excited to do this podcast because I've had so many clients lately really struggling with these kinds of issues. So I know that must mean you are too, uh, somewhere along the way. And uh, I'm really hoping that this, you know, brings it home for you. I want to remind you to do the, I feel, to come to the website, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast and download the I feel statement exercise, as well as the other uh, links I told you about, like the feelings list will, there'll be a link there, all the good stuff, all the links to the boundaries, not walls, all the things I mentioned will be there. As always, I would love to hear your questions or topics you'd like on a future podcast. Uh, uh, that's Abby at abbymetcalf.com. I read every one. I reply to every one. I don't always do it the same day or anything, but I get back within a couple weeks for sure, usually within a, a couple days. Um, I just don't like to say that all the time when sometimes things happen, but I really do get back. And I have had back and forth with lots of people by email, really trying to get more information about what their question really is and really trying to answer that on the podcast. Or as I mentioned, I'll be do answering questions at the end of the podcast, if you have them that are too specific to be answered during the regular podcast. So send them in and I'll be happy to do those after the show. That's it. I love you, love you, love you. I do, I do. I can feel it. I feel you right now. I'm closing my eyes. And as always, very, very, very grateful and appreciative and humbled by our time together. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from 
any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.